begins with this gate drop. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast, your home for everything motocross, supercross, dirt bike related. I am Steve, joined as always by Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Just drinking my coffee. Yeah, uh, I don't think I need any more right now, in case you couldn't tell. I'm a little, <laughs> little jittery and antsy today. Wherever you happen to be listening to this, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we upload a new show. Also, visit our website, www.powerthenumber2theground.com to check out for all exclusive content, giveaways, merch, and jug club. Jug club. Uh, we still got some time going for the uh, early adopters prices for jug club so as always get in on that while you can um that had some people taking advantage of it and uh we definitely have some ideas some exclusive content coming down the road uh here soon once we have more things to to talk about yeah uh of course be a good friend share this with all of your friends so that they can get all of their mx fixes while we all sit in our houses and become stir crazy become very stir crazy so there are a few things for us to talk about jesse uh some no news some little bit of news and uh so we'll get there so as far as the supercross season goes there really has been no changes correct yeah no new cancellations or anything like that so that's good correct um you know the cancellations are obviously bad but as far as we know right now um there should still be races to the season at some point <laughs> yeah um, we didn't know we do know that hangtown for the outdoors has been canceled though yes we do so um, may 16th um they have officially announced that the uh may 16th hangtown will be canceled and they have released a uh, amended schedule for the outdoor season so, so is hangtown happening at some point or was it just completely kanked this year so i am looking at the schedule here so our first race officially will be june 13th for the florida national in jacksonville if i scroll down here i'm not seeing hangtown anywhere there so it looks like it's going to be a shortened season which so what what it sounds like they're trying to do is allow time so it if all this kind of settles and we're able to get racing back uh, allow time for the Supercross season to finish. Right. Um, even if it's a slightly shortened finish to the season, if they can finish in May at the by the end of May, um, that would allow the outdoor season to start on what is the tentative start right now is June thirteenth at a also slightly shortened season. Right. Um, uh, I I think that's a good thing overall. I look, we need we're gonna need a a, a finish to the season. We we we've been talking all year about how this is one of the closest races we've seen this late uh, championship points races we've seen this late in a year in a long time and um you know we, we're gonna need some sort of resolution so hopefully you know they can work that out to where once these cancellations and once everything opens back up kind of go through we'll get to finish the supercross season and then still get to enjoy even a shortened outdoor season so yeah yeah uh, i mean the the end of the day this is just killing us and our enthusiasm <laughs> we're like come on give us some races so as of right now the scheduled return as of right now as we speak is the penultimate round 
in Las Vegas before we go to the the final showdown in uh, Salt Lake. So there is a chance that we only have two races left in this season when they come back. So yep. they're canceled through April. Um, if they race May, first weekend of May, second weekend of May for those last two races, then that would give the riders just a little bit of time in between before starting the outdoors on June 13th. So it all makes sense if that's, that's... if any of the riders actually show up to these races. Right. So, well, the, the larger picture is, is anything even going to be open by that point? Right. right. I mean, we were talking about, there's started to be rumblings that we're not even going to have an NFL season this year. So, and that's not till the fall. Right. Um, so there's still a lot of speculation, which is all just completely tentative. The other thing that I heard a little bit of a whispering about, um, nothing confirmed. So it's not like we're reporting this or anything. But there is a small rumor that uh, if May gets canceled as well for Supercross, they continue on in June with the outdoor season and then finish the Supercross season after the outdoor season. I think that would be amazing. Uh, I would vote in favor of that. If like if the option is to have only two more races at the end of May or no more Supercross races or take off through may have the outdoors in the summer and then come back in the fall with the last call it two three four you know supercross races 100 percent on board with that the only i think downside to that is the potential for in- like do you think tomac even rides outdoors at that point maybe towards the end of the season to get back yeah. into race- riding shape i think it would be stupid for like a tomac or a roxon to risk injury to risk injury in an outdoors that don't pay them nearly as much when they could just spend that time practicing, preparing, getting in shape for the finish in the supercross season. So outdoors would suffer if they did that, but I think supercross would benefit from that. I think I agree. Um, yeah. And there'd be, a, there'd be some give and take for the, um, the fans too. Cause uh, for one, there'd be races in between the end of the, um, outdoor season and the beginning of Supercross, so you fill that void from the end of the summer all the way to the beginning of the year. The void that we had to fill for yeah. however many months after we started this podcast. Right. Yeah, it's it's tough as a as a podcaster. It's also tough as a fan too. You know, when you want to get that fix, like it can't be a completely year round sport for these guys. They need their off season. You know, yeah, as, absolutely. As, as any athlete does, of course, but. Uh, this would definitely help mitigate some of that. Yeah, like we're kind of in the middle of an off season now, so you guys got your break. Get back out of there and start <laughs> racing. <laughs> so um, that leads me kind of to my next question: Is uh, what do you do? And this this doesn't just apply to right now. This applies to the off season in between outdoors and Supercross again too. What do you do to get your fix? Well, so. Uh, this is a kind of a unique situation because this is the first time it's been spring and we haven't had the races, right? right? So to get your fix, do you just go ride more than you normally, especially now, actually, I think there's a lot of people who are probably taking advantage of everything being shut down and having a ridiculous amount of spare time, just getting out there and riding as much as possible. Right. So that, that might help kind of, you know, should help mitigate some of that. Um, Unless you're in Rhode Island where you have to, get out of state in order to go ride <sighs> yeah well <laughs> let's not talk about how awful rhode island is for dirt bikers um we'll save that for another episode yep so yeah but in general and i think because in the regular off season at least in like the northeast or the north in general that off season happens in the winter so right. it's 
far less likely you're spending extra time out on the bikes, right? If anything, you're spending less time if you're going out at all. Um, whereas now, you know, the weather's starting to warm up a little bit. You can, I'm already starting to see the bikes out on the road. You yeah. Know? So, um, I think that's one way to do it. Um, I think you're leading into, so, so the watch party idea, yeah. uh, which I thought was, was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about how many races that we remember that I would love to go back. I, there's been times in off seasons when I've rewatched the entire undefeated seasons for, uh, Ricky and, and, uh, Bubba just like gone <laughs> through like the, 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 the perfect outdoor seasons yep. that, you know, why not go and watch those? Those were incredible feats. So, um, getting a little bit of that excitement back. I yeah. think is one way to do it. So uh, what we're talking about, if you guys aren't familiar, on the Pro Motocross Facebook page yesterday at, I think it was like 1 o'clock Eastern, they did a replay of, what race was it? It was 2014 Hang, was it Hangtown? Well, it was Stewart's last outdoor. Stewart, right? Yeah, it was so Stewart's it last outdoor. Hangtown's usually the first of the season, right? Well, it was Stewart's last outdoor win. Oh, oh, his last win. So uh, yeah. maybe maybe it was 2014's Hangtown? Uh, it was in 2014, whatever it was. But it was his last outdoor win. Um, and I watched the first moto. Uh, it was pretty cool just to, you know, sit there and watch the the chat roll through with everybody. There was like, there was a couple thousand people on that watch party just watching on Facebook. And you know what? A lot of the people who were on there, you know what they were saying? I wish you guys would just do these for the current races too. <laughs> right. Hey, who thought of that? Yeah, you maybe. Know, maybe there's a, a a certain podcast and and a couple of guys who thought about the idea of, you know, Facebook using watching. current technology. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I felt so bad. There was a few people that jumped on. Like, oh, I was kind of expecting to see the race on this watch party. I think you know the stream that we were hosting is like we can't do that. I would love to. I'd think right. that'd be great to be basically our own broadcasters and be able to stream that to you guys. Um, they need to get on that. You yep. know, it is it is the current technology. Even other sports are kind of jumping into that. Um, I love the idea. Um, Joe Rogan does it with his podcast or with his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. He he does he did basically exactly what we did with the race that one time on uh, Facebook Live. So he'll have a bunch of people into his little studio and um, they'll have a fight on and they won't show the fight, but they'll be just talking through what's happening. So you could watch the fight and follow along with their conversation. Exactly. It's exactly what we did, right? Yep. You can watch the race yourself, but follow along and have conversations with us. Um, yeah, I can't wait to be able to do that again, obviously. Right. Not for a little while, but... I love the idea of either way, um, you know, these pro motocross sites and Facebook pages trying to do something to kind of keep their keep fans interested, keep, yeah. you know, keep people interested. The watch parties are great. Um, they should they should do stuff like that. You know, what are some of the greatest comebacks you've ever seen? I, the one I always think of is the 2014 Atlanta Supercross race where, where Stewart was 14th, like halfway through the race. Right. And somehow, like you he and just I were turned like, it on. How, how did he catch them? You know, it was like towards the end of his career. And it was like, for me, that was one of his last big, like holy crap how does he do that wins i would love i watched it in fact i'm gonna go home and watch that race today you know what i actually would love to go back and watch was the race that we went down uh went to down in uh was it new jersey New Jersey, yeah and and, and stewart yeah stewart almost made a comeback in that one and i think he ended up breaking his leg I don't remember the the injury, but I remember he was like he was doing a similar thing where he was flying through the pack and then ended up going down. I think it's funny because at that point Villapoto had pretty much wrapped up. He actually clinched it that race, right? 
Uh, and I just remember as soon as you saw Stuart go down, me, you, and your dad and, and, and sister were just kind of like, I just started walking away. I'm not paying attention right. anymore. Let's go check out some of the stuff they have in the back because it doesn't matter. Villapoto's the champ. Ooh, yay, great. Stuart went down. Son of a- <laughs> so was, <laughs> the ending was not quite uh, as exciting, but that was a fun race. Yeah. And, it, I, I, and obviously, we didn't get to watch it on TV, so that be kind of fun to go back and yeah. watch to see what it looked like on tv uh, on rather than in, in right? person like yeah. like did we see the same thing they saw like so that was something i always you know kind of wonder too like we get the benefit of multiple camera angles hopefully somebody on the camera is paying attention to when somebody's doing something exciting or big whereas you know when you're there live obviously an experience you can't replicate but you know do you see are you tracking this guy who just made four or five six passes and a half a lap and suddenly it's coming out of nowhere or you watch in the front like you have control over what you're watching but that means you might miss something exciting so i think there's you know a little bit of give and take for right. the live experience versus the broadcast yeah yeah that's uh so my daughter is uh this this is this is gonna seem a little bit of an aside but this is a, a potential uh, solution to maybe recreating the live experience um, my daughter is into sailing and last summer we got into, um, the sailing GPs. So if you're familiar with the sailing GPs, I know they, you're going with they this. have yes. an incredible app that you can watch the, the races from and each, each boat that is participating, you can click on that boat and you'll get a live feed of that boat. And they give all of these analytics about, you know, their their average speed, their current speed, um, the wind directions, uh, every every piece of analytics that you could possibly imagine that you could want as a fan to watch this race. And then you can focus. You can choose who you are actually following. Now, with 22 riders on a small track, that would be kind of difficult. You'd have to have a lot of cameras. Right. Um, right. Well, you'd have to have 22 cameras in each spot, not just 22 cameras in general. You'd have because you know when they're on the other side of the track, you need to be able to catch them up. So you'd have to have at least 22 cameras in like two or three different right spots. So, but maybe, to do to do a setup like that, maybe with the cameras, there'd be quite a uh, quite a bit of logistics to consider. But with the analytics part of it, all of these bikes have transponders on them, anyways. Yeah, well, that's how they track their times. So right. why not be able to track them live in an app? I think, what if you did, what if you combined that idea with some kind of like red zone thing, right? So, um, you know, the red zone channel only shows you games where a team is in the red zone looking like they're going to score. So you just, you get all the scores, the big exciting stuff. What if each week the cameras that you're able to select are in the top five riders in the championship. Yeah. So if a, you know, if the fifth place rider drops out the next week, the new fifth place rider will be that fifth option. Right. But you're in the app, right. And they have five riders that you can select from. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to track Tomac. I'm like, oh man, he's back in 12th. So, you know, even if you're watching it on TV or you're there live, you can see what's happening up front, but you're able to watch and track the rider you want. And like you said, you, their transponders give you their lap times and you can look up and like, oh man, the Roxon just ran a, you know, a 157. Tomac's running a 154 on this app right now. He's going to catch him in like two, all that. I think 
awesome, awesome idea. And this is a sport that would benefit highly from that because of the 22 riders, right? right? If somebody gets a bad start, they get lost in the pack. The cameras are always usually focusing up front. You want to know, like, instead, how many times do we sit there and just watch the the tracker on the left side? Yeah, because instead just, of actually watching what's on camera, we're just sitting there watching the... Oh, Tomac gave me another spot. Oh, he gave me another spot. Yeah. Oh, he gave me another spot. Well, I want to see that. So an app like that would allow you to see that. But yeah. again, you know, only the top five riders. Yeah. Um, let's not spend too much time on this so we can give ourselves something to talk about in the off season. Yeah. This is a yeah. fantastic idea that we should definitely tackle. Any of you um, app developers uh, yeah. that want to get, get on us, that. Hit us up on the website if you want to get on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we can have conversations like that inside of Jug Club and stuff like that. But as far as what to do with your time right now, uh, just keep an eye on Facebook. There's a bunch of watch. Uh, there's probably going to be more watch parties. That what they basically did yesterday, I'm sure, was to just to test to see what kind of a reaction they were going to get. And from if it. thousands of people are watching, then that's, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again for sure. So hopefully, some more exciting races. I like, you know, I get it. James Stewart's last outdoor win, but like maybe some more races that have some more action going on. Yeah, dude. Some some of Stewart, some of the Stewart Reed rivalry stuff is was some of the best racing you're ever going to see. Yeah, like ever so maybe some of those races that'd be great yeah you can uh if you go on i think it's daily motion on the daily motion website you can go over there and they have a lot of uh, archive races over there so if you're bored in you know you're you're uh quarantined then uh go jump on go go watch some old races they're yeah. they still they're still fun to watch I, you'll know what the well you know what you may or may not know what the outcome is because there's so many different races. No, none of us can remember what all of the outcomes are. So just don't look it up and watch it like you're watching yeah, it for you the know, first that's time. That's a good point. Like go to go to some of the ones that I missed. Like I know who won the championship that season, but you know, uh, in 08, which was a big year for Stewart, right? Uh, I was on deployment. I didn't watch any races that year. Right. So even though I know the final outcome, individual races could still be really exciting for me since I don't know who won that particular race. That's right. a good point. I think I'm going to do that now too. <laughs> I got a whole list of races to watch today. I'm going to write that down. So, uh, all right, we got a few more things to cover today. I know these these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter. We're trying. We're going to fill fill this space as best we can. There's still plenty to talk about with this sport. So, But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll jump into something else. All right, and we've got a couple of things that I just wanted to mention before we jump back into uh, the the rest of the conversation. Um, same as last week, uh, we're going to have in the um, description down below this, wherever you're listening to this, we'll have links over to MX of New England. If you guys are in the New England area, um, there's a website that you can go to where they have a list of all of the local racing events. So if you want to go watch, if you want to go race, just head over to mxnewengland.com and uh, check out any of the events that are still going on. Um, I think there's still some of those uh, local races that are still happening um, come early April, the last time I checked on the website. So... That's one of the things that we well, want to do. How, that's one way you can find out too. Yeah, if the events are still going on. I'm sure they'll let you know. If, yeah, you know, they're canceled. So. And but that's uh that's something that especially during this time is something that we can tackle more, um, because there are still going to be some local events going on. Maybe start talking a little bit uh more local stuff just as something to talk some about. Filler. Some filler. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh coming up soon uh. 
other link in the description for whole shot coffee um this is a company that i actually went out and found um because i really just like the idea of uh thematically a coffee company with names you know like power band and whole shot coffee it absolutely fits with what we're doing and i love coffee so i'm currently drinking some whole shot coffee now and actually the owner of whole shot tim got a hold of us and he wants to make a uh a discount coupon code for you guys to as our listeners you can go over there and uh, use that coupon code so i'll keep you posted as soon as we get the coupon code we'll throw it out to you you can go grab some coffee and uh, it's awesome support a yeah support a small uh coffee company that um that fits what exactly what it is that we're trying to do which is grow the popularity of this sport and we can't do it alone we absolutely can't do it alone we need your guys help to do it and we need other companies like whole shot coffee to do it um, you know, and they re- in, in whole shot in particular, I saw some of the conversation. Um, you know, we're we're doing this for a love of the sport, so like passion is a huge thing. And you know, just the fact that he said himself, like how long it took him to feel comfortable enough with the tastes and the blend of the coffee before he even released it, just shows you like how much work goes into something. Like, it's not like he was just like, oh, you know, here's some coffee beans, let me brand it and and get it out there. Like he took the time to make sure it was. Um, it was satisfying and it was good and it tastes good. So, you know, good on him, but that's the kind of passion we want to cultivate around right. the sport to help it grow. Like people who just put so much time and energy and effort into these things. Um, so that's those kinds of partnerships are the ones we definitely want to make. Yeah. And um, through these conversations that I've had with um, companies like MX New England and um, Whole Shot Coffee and even uh, back to when we did our interview with Mimi and Moto, um, I realized that there's there's a community that it, in order to do this big thing, we have this big pipe dream of you know creating this uh, circumstance where this this sport is exactly the way that the fans want it to be, and it explodes, and we start bringing in new fans, and you know it's exactly the way that we want it to be. In order to do that we need to create a community not only of fans like you guys listening to this podcast um, but we also need to create a community of businesses that also want that to happen and want to play a part in making that happen and um, with MX New England um, Whole Shot Coffee Company um, Mimi and Moto they they're all doing their part to bring this sport that they love maybe to a segment of people that you might not necessarily expect um so which is how you grow a sport yeah you know just just reaching people who already watch the sport isn't going to make the sport grow right it's it's getting people who aren't already into it or don't know how exciting and fun it can be to to get into it you know that's how it's going to grow so coffee enthusiasts might be like whole shot what is a whole shot you know what is power band or you know just a friend who's into it that says here try this coffee and the next thing you know they're watching races together you know like those things do happen but that is that word of mouth and kind of networking web is how the sport's going to grow right so 
to my last point here, um, Steve and I have decided to open up this new thing um, that we are calling the PTTG Network, um, which basically we are looking for like-minded companies, just like Whole Shot, just like us, just like um, Mimi and Moto, just like uh, um, MX New England, anybody who has a a uh, a company that is interested in growing this sport and maybe not the way that it is being done right now, doing it in a little bit of a different way, we totally encourage you to please reach out to us either on the website um, or on Facebook. The, the network as of right now is a hidden and private by invite only group on Facebook. So I know that's redundant, a Facebook group on Facebook, but whatever. <laughs> so if you guys if you guys know of any companies that you think should be a part of it, let us know. Or if you own or are part of a company that you think should be a part of it, please reach out to us and uh yeah, we'll get this rolling. We wanna create we wanna create a community. We can't do this by ourselves, so that's it. That's that's, that's that part that's of it. it. You done? Can I have the soap box backs now? Soap yes, box back Steve. Now? I'll, I'll come down. I'll usually, come down. Usually, I'm standing up there waiting for you to, you know. <laughs> let, <laughs> no, it's true. I, that's that's what we're all about, and finding other companies that are what we're all about is going to be beneficial to everybody, to all parties. Yep. Fans, both you know, us, the companies, the media, in general. What were we talking about, dude? We were talking about filling the time while we don't have races okay so we've gone over watching old races and facebook watch parties getting out on your bike and riding more especially this time of year yep what else is there to get your your fix mountain biking i've been talking a lot with doug on jug club about how much time he's been spending on his mountain bike um uh i've loved watching mountain bike videos on youtube um i also just I is after having a conversation with him about a mountain bike, I grabbed mine out of the shed and I started tooling around with my forks because um, on one of these warmer days, I'd like to get outside and go hit the trails for a little bit. Um, so that's another idea. Um, if you guys have any ideas, if you want us to do something to help you fill this void please let us know again you can hit us up on the on uh facebook on the facebook or the website the facebook or Um, website (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things that i'm trying to pressure steve into doing now is the review of the supercross video it's coming listen listen i'm trying i'm trying to spread out these podcasts so that we have things to talk about each week if i did the review already guess what we don't get to do for the next few weeks that's fair that's fair (laughs) i also haven't had a chance to play play it yet yeah. I'm sorry hadn't had a chance it's disingenuous I've had all of the opportunities <laughs> we were on basically quarantine lockdown I have had all the I have not even opened it yet I have it I will play it now the review is definitely coming um we, we've already emphasized the importance of a, a video game so um the fact that I haven't heard much about it yeah I is... mean other than there there's quite a few playthroughs there's there um uh there are like entire youtube channels a couple of them that just that's all they that's all they do is do the supercross games and the mxgp games and stuff like that um but no i've heard basically nothing about it so 
I want to say that could be a good or a bad thing. You know, so usually you hear about a game when it sucks or when it's getting torn apart. Right. But with these games, the past few haven't been great and you still didn't really hear much. So they could still be not great. Um, my hope would be that just at least among the community, I would have heard more about, you know, oh, this game is awesome. They really fixed this, that, that, the other thing. So my guess, and, and I, I will absolutely admit if I am a hundred percent wrong, but my guess is that this is going to be a Madden thing where it's, it's basically the same as the first two games, but slight physics improvements and slight graphical improvements, a new roster and riders and more or less the same thing. Um, which would be really disappointing because, again, this is an opportunity for them to really capture new and younger audiences right. and bring them into fans of the sport and to give people their fix. So you want to talk about another way to get a fix? Supercross games, motocross games. But for a long period of time, I would rather go play an MXATV game than one of these games, not because they have better physics or anything like that, but because they're more fun. Right. Um, and none of them have the immersion that we've talked about that we really want to have those career modes that are like good career modes. So yeah. my guess um, is that it's going to be Meh. Uh, maybe slightly better than the last few. My hope is that I'm completely wrong and this game is just like everything we've talked about right. or at least close to what we want in a game. So I will be letting you guys know that sometime before the end of this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe... They'll take our advice and change their release schedule to something that actually makes any sense at all. Like, you know, before, before the, the season, season starts. Right. Like every other sports game ever. That works really well for all of those sports, but let's go ahead and do it in a completely yeah, different way. It, look, at the, at the very least, you get, if it doesn't benefit you necessarily... Um, with your sales, which I still think it does, but it benefits the sport as a whole because you're getting people hyped up for the season. Right. Um, but on that same token, people who are excited for and hyped up for the season that is still two, three weeks away, and you release a game, you're giving them their fix. They are far more likely to buy it if they're chomping at the bit for just something to consume when it comes to this this sport. Um, and then that further motivates them to watch when the races come on. So it's a, it's it's doubly beneficial yeah. in that you know they get their fix before the season starts you get those sales and then the sport benefits because now more people are watching right because they're more excited and not to mention again hitting segments that you're not necessarily going for you've got these kids playing these video games during the off season because they need their racing fix and having their their friends over that aren't necessarily into racing watching their racing friend play their racing game and saying what's this all about now you have a new fan and you say oh here play this game and he says oh wow this is pretty cool i can't believe i've never watched this before oh well that's funny the season starts in two weeks why don't you come over we can start watching the season and I that is really hooked into it exactly how millions of non-football fans became raving football fans in the late 90s and early 2000s well that in fantasy football <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit later, though. Yeah, I mean, it, Madden came Madden, before fantasy. Yeah, Madden. I don't care who I don't care who you are and how much you know about the growth of football. Madden changed the 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 scope of how the growth of football happened in the 100%. United States. One hundred percent. 
the 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 popularity at one point the popularity of Madden itself rivaled the popularity of the NFL right. itself. Like they were hand in hand for a long time, and they grew exponentially together. Yeah, which again is why we emphasize why it's important to have a. I'm not just because I'm a gamer. You're not a gamer. I'm and not. You think this is important? I so think like it's this incredibly is, important. It's just it's a part of the total package. When, when you're trying to create a product, the product in this case being the races. Um, the gaming is another marketing tool. It's another yeah. networking tool. It's another promotional tool. It's it's a way to get people invested, not just in watching, but also writing. Because how many kids do you think are going to play one of these games for the first time and be like, yo, mom, I need a dirt bike. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How do you know? You know, that now they're buying the actual bike, so the manufacturers and the sponsors are happy. It just, it just so, it's cumulative. It's a community and the sport needs to expand that community. And having a subpar game just it, – I don't think it hurts. You know, uh, the game exists so it doesn't hurt, right? right? But it's not really serving them. That with every Right. With everything that – the way that they're doing everything, it's not helping them. They're doing it because they're like – other sports have a video game, so we need to have a video game. But let's do it in absolutely the opposite way that everybody else is doing it so that we waste all of this revenue creating this game that's supposed to help us, but let's do it in the completely wrong way so really it's just a waste of revenue. Quick example, and then uh, we can get off the video game. Thing. Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's something we, we've talked about before, but you know, I'll save most of it for the review. But quick example. Um they're focusing so much on the physics of these games. And look, it's a dirt bike game. Physics are important. Right. Um, do you remember Madden 98? Yeah, I do. You meant the ones for the Nintendo Madden 64, the Nintendo 64 one? Yeah. Those were awful, awful graphics. Or Game awful Day. Awful physics. And Game Day, like, there was no physics. No. But you still felt like you were playing football. Right. So what was engrossing back then was, one, you got your football fix, but two, they had, at first, before career mode, it was uh, franchise, franchise mode. Franchise mode, yeah. So they started with season mode in the 90s. You can play through a whole season. Cool. It got you engaged. It got you hooked. And then they said, well, what if we expanded this? And they created franchise mode. And franchise mode came before the physics got really, really, really yep. realistic. Uh, the realistic physics came later once they had already hooked you with their franchise mode and your career mode and your fantasy drafts and then you know online play now they get the online play which is a huge huge factor the physics were not and have never been their number one focus they are a focus but it's not their number one priority whereas it feels like with these games the physics is so important that they forgot to create an interesting compelling compelling narrative around those physics absolutely like racing is fun but if i'm so concerned about realistic physics i'll just go actually ride outside right you know i want to feel like a professional rider not like i'm sitting here trying to figure out why am i leaning too far into this corner like, dude just take the corner like a pro right <laughs> so immersion and physics don't necessarily go hand in hand so i think their focus has been on the wrong spot yeah i'm i'm, I'm just thinking back to game day 99 and wow. I loved that game, loved it, but um, that <laughs> just I would be the the Lions. I would play as the Detroit Lions because I could oh, hand Sanders. I could hand the ball off to Barry Sanders and then just hit R two R two or R two L two R two L two R two L two, and that would make him juke. Just everybody. everybody on the entire field, and then I would just run for a touchdown every single time. <laughs> you know, what's funny is how that that part changed because in the '90s, remember the the old school 2D football games like Madden '95 and '96, '97 I think was the last big 2D Super Nintendo one. Yeah, uh, you couldn't run the ball. 
because the way that the physics, those crazy realistic physics worked in those games was that if you had the ball and your little character touched a character from the other team, you were tackled. Right. So running the ball was impossible because you'd get to the line of scrimmage and get tackled. Right. So it wasn't until these later games where they started to actually have their AI create holes to run through and all this other stuff. So in those old school 90s games, all you could do was pass. Right. You had to pass because it was just impossible to run. So I just think that's those games still sold pretty well yep. and they weren't really exactly realistic. So just something to think about, you know, is hopefully somebody who knows a developer somewhere might be listening to this <laughs> and be like, yo, I think these guys bring up a good point. Maybe we're wrong. I, who, who knows? We could be completely wrong. But my thought is the focus needs to shift to creating an interesting career and or like season mode. They need to include outdoors. Somehow, whatever licensing deal needs to happen, you need to have a full indoor-outdoor season. You need to be able to have a career where you start with low skills and build your character up through training in, the, in between races during the week through like practices and all that stuff. Just like any other career mode in any other sport game ever. Right. So, um, anyway, that all right. My turn. You can have the soapbox back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trading back and forth yeah. today. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that pretty much wraps up for you know ideas for what to do when there's no races. You know, play the video game. That's why the video game is there. Um, Definitely glad it did release before all this happened. Yeah, so that would you know that would have been terrible if it. I hadn't. promise you guys the review is coming. It's yeah. coming. It is. It is happening. <laughs> so again, if you guys have any suggestions for uh, for what you want to hear from us um, during this difficult time, <laughs> um, just let us know. Hit us up on the website. Um, hit us up on Facebook. Um, Jug Club Juggies Unite. Um, we're having a good time in there, having a lot of good conversations. We're going to be doing some, uh, I, I think we're going to, I think I'm going to try doing a test live stream, uh, through the jug club this week. Um, uh, it's a seven day free trial. Uh, I keep an eye on the Facebook page. I'll let you know if we're going to do a test, um, live stream to see what we got going on, on couch cross. Um, you guys are absolutely the best, like. Steve and I were uh, Steve and I were talking for I don't know four hours before we started this yeah, podcast. Yeah, well, we were we were talking about um, the community and communities in general, and just how how they've uh, how how community in general has dealt with this whole um, COVID nineteen situation and how. Um, even though we are physically becoming distant from one another, we are actually utilizing tools that we have at our fingertips, like the internet, to actually b build somehow stronger relationships with one another than we did before all of this happened. Yeah, you know, the tough times kind of uniting people for a common, yeah. common good, common cause kind of a thing. Um, the great thing about communities is the aspect of, you know, different minds working together, different perspectives, bringing new, something new to the table, different areas of expertise. You know, you and I kind of talked about like, you know, when we were asked about, can you guys talk about the chassis? And I'm like, I <laughs> listen, I will analyze the crap out of rider lines and techniques on the track, but you, you know, I'm not necessarily very mechanically inclined. So the community is what helps that. There are those of you out there who are very mechanically inclined. Maybe you give us some insight, you know? 
Um, that's what a community does. Right. So, um, and I think we are starting to build a pretty strong community. Yeah, uh, I agree. Around this. So, and uh, I mean, I'd... the sport itself has a great community already. Right. Um, but as far as this podcast goes, we are, we're slowly building a, a community within that community. That, right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. You guys are awesome. Yeah. We can't thank you enough. Um, I know it's, it's probably pretty difficult to listen to a podcast when you don't really have, I, I, I know my, my podcast listening has had a de- decline since we've been on the quarantine. And so, um, if yeah, you're listening you have to, to this, find, you know, yeah. you're finding more ways to occupy yourself, you yeah. know, visually and mentally. And so, whereas podcasts, when you were doing other things, it's something you could listen to kind of have in the background while you're doing it. Well, if you're not doing other things, right. then the podcast doesn't fill that <laughs> void for you. So if you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much guys. Um, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? We'll, uh, I do not have a date, but I'm going to try to get the video game played enough to review for you guys next week. If not, it'll definitely come the week after that. So sometime in the next few episodes, you'll get a review. You get to listen to me just spew about all of this stuff for an entire episode. Hope you're, hope you're looking forward to that. But that's all I got, man. Don't worry, guys. I'll grind his gears on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already been getting out of it. Guys, thanks again so much for talking to you next week. All right. Peace.